self-development with tactics. So, today we're going to talk about Thus Spoke Zarathustra, or also Sprach Zarathustra, I guess, um, in German. And it is an interesting read, and apparently also a, a relatively famous one, or popular one, rather popular than famous. And um, it's written by Friedrich Nietzsche, the German philosopher, and I actually started to, to read the original book or the full book, but I really am willing to go through a summary of it also for the sake of understanding it better, but also just for giving it to you. It was recommended to me by a good friend of mine whom I'm, I'm hopefully going to see um, in just a little tiny bit of time. Uh, yeah, I'm missing you. If you see that, maybe you see that. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm very, well, maybe you can see that it's a bit of blood on my forehead. I've just kind of scratched my forehead and now it's bloody. But yeah, it is what it is. I'm going to go ahead like that because I don't fucking care. So, thus spoke Zarathustra, summary and analysis of the prologue. Nietzsche's thus spoke Zarathustra begins with the line... When Zarathustra was 30 years old, he left his home and the lake of his home and the lake of his home and went into the mountains. Zarathustra is a kind of modern-day prophet. He leaves the world to live as a hermit in the mountains, but one day his heart is transformed and he feels the need to go back into the world of humanity. He first has a conversation with the sun and tells the sun that he has tired of all the wisdom he has accumulated during his time alone. He tells the son that the reason he wants to return to humanity is so that he can spread the wisdom he has attained to all people. As Zarathustra is coming down from the mountain, he encounters an old man. The old man tells Zarathustra that he saw him pass by ten years ago. The old man can tell that Zarathustra has been transformed. He wants Zarathustra not to return to civilization with the fire of his knowledge, for everyone who starts a fire will be punished as an arsonist. Zarathustra replies that he loves mankind. The old man asks him why he doesn't want to stay in the woods with the birds and the bears. The old man himself lives in the woods to get away from human beings, saying that they are too imperfect for him. He prefers to commune with God in the wilderness away from humanity. As they part, Zarathustra is surprised that the old man, as wise as he is, has not heard the news that Zarathustra has come to bring. God is dead. Zarathustra enters a town and he begins speaking to a crowd of people waiting to watch a tightrope walker. He begins to talk to tell them about the overman, a state of being that they are capable of entering. He says that as they laugh at the apes, so the overman laughs at a regular human being. The people should no longer listen to anyone who tells them that their soul must escape their body to go to heaven, because God has died. 
The old man's greatest, greatest hour is when he overcomes feelings and states such as happiness, reason, virtue, and justice. When Zarathustra refines, finishes, I'm sorry, the crowd thinks he's been talking about the tightrope walker and they laugh at him. Zarathustra is shocked at the response he gets and he continues to preach to the people. He tells them that as human beings they can cross over and go under. This, he says, is the true way to sacrifice oneself to the earth and become an overman. The overman is a person who lives in order to know, who lives to create virtue and who seeks no thanks for his virtue. The people still love at him, so Zarathustra decides to tell them of the last human being. The last human being upon the earth will realize that human beings invented happiness. He will realize that love was simply an evolutionary reaction to the body's need for warmth. The last human being will not want wealth or poverty, nor will he desire poverty, because both will be too burdensome. As Zarathustra finishes his first speech, the crowd laughs and mocks him. Zarathustra realizes that his words are not having an effect. While the crowd is laughing, uh, the tight rope walker begins his routine. As the performer gets halfway across the span of his rope, he has a voice coming from behind him. The voice is telling the tight rope walker to move out of the way, to go back to his town, and suddenly the being behind him jumps over the tight rope walker. The walker, so surprised by this, falls from this rope and lands next to Zarathustra, slowly dying from the fall. The tightrope walker asks Zarathustra if he thinks he can stop the devil from dragging him to hell as he dies. Zarathustra only confronts him and tells him that he will no longer exist and that uh, to die through the dangers of one's work is a great honor. Zarathustra sits next to the corpse until nightfall and then buries it. He brings the corpse to a graveyard where the gravediggers love at him for trying to steal a soul from the devil. On the way there, the yester who jumped over the tight rope walker causing his fall sneaks up on him and whispers in his ear to leave the town. He tells him that the peers hate him as do, they, as do the good and just and that if he stays another day they will all kill him. As Zarathustra walks on with the corpse, he becomes angry and stops at a hut in the woods where an old man offers him bread and wine. After eating, he continues wandering for two more hours, finally stopping to sleep after he buries the corpse in the hollow of a tree. He wakens in the late morning and realizes that talking to the masters of people is like carrying around a dead corpse. He needs to find companions who will follow him around and learn from his teachings. As he thinks these thoughts, he looks up to see an eagle with a snake around its neck. The snake is not the bird's prey, however. They are friends, and to his and to Zarathustra, their friendship represents his needs to couple his wisdom and his pride. If his wisdom were to leave, he thinks his pride must leave as well. The prologue ends with the words, Thus began Zarathustra going under. Analysis in the prologue, the reader is first introduced to him, a man who ventured into the wilderness ten years ago and has found contentment and enlightenment during this time alone. He is given the idea that because of his love for mankind, he will venture down his mountain to proclaim to civilization that there is a better way to live. He speaks to the sun, and seeing how the sun ascends and descends every day, 
decides he will do the same. Thus a spoke here is filled with allusions to classical philosophy and literature. Zarathustra's conversation with the sun and his dis or descent back into civilization is an allusion to Plato's myth of the cave in which a philosopher descends into a cave to share his insights. Descending and ascending are important concepts in this book Zarathustra. In each case, Nietzsche describes a kind of transformation that happens to the individual. Zarathustra ascends to his mountain wilderness and becomes a different kind of being, an enlightened individual. He descends to become different again, a kind of prophet and philosopher. Throughout the work, Zarathustra talks of man's needs to descend in order to ascend again and become something else. One of the most important distinctions in Nietzsche's work is the contrast between Apollonian and Dionysian elements of the world. The Dionysian represents the chaotic and dark parts of humanity. Zarathustra has experienced these elements on the mountain, and they have left him, they have led him to realize that God is dead. The Apollonian elements of the world represent order reason and culture. By being on top of the mountain, Zarathustra is surrounded by the Dionysian, yet his physical proximity um, to the sun represents his ability to talk with and understand the Apollonian. Both elements are important to understanding Nietzsche's philosophy and thus spoke Zarathustra. His mission is to balance these opposing views and to help others balance them as well. As he descends from his mountain, he begins to encounter different kinds of people. He meets a hermit who lives in the wilderness so that he can praise God more fully. However, as he says, the hermit doesn't realize that God is dead. It should be noted that the death of God is not the culmination of Zarathustra's philosophy, but its starting point. For Zarathustra, the son's communion with God is meaningless and as and an imp- impediments to finding a true way to communicate with the world. Zarathustra's first attempts to communicate his message to the masses are met with trouble. He immediately begins to preach to them of the overman, yet the crowd thinks he is talking about the tightrope walker they have come to see. Even though the speech is a failure, it gives the reader a sense of his message nonetheless. According to him, the overman is the meaning of the earth, because God has died and there is no use in praying to him or worrying about sin. Instead, the overman should only remain faithful to the earth. For Zarathustra, the tragedy is not, is not that God has died, but that people still seek to find meaning in their lives from a dead God. If a person seeks a God who is dead, that person risks being confronted with nihilism. The conviction that there is no meaning in life. Nihilism is a state intolerable to human beings, but a belief in God. Zarathustra says only numbs the soul. This is the lesson he means to teach with the parable of the last human being. Zarathustra does not want people to be faced with nihilism, so he offers an alternative. His alternative is the overman. In German, the original word is Übermensch. Not Obermensch, but Übermensch. There's an Ü, which can also be translated as superhuman. You know, a person that is just over the top, better than a normal human. The overhuman is being that has a new relationship to the earth and to nature. It is the highest form of being that a human can attain, 
Much as the ape evolved into human being, according to Zarathustra, the goal of humans should be to then evolve into the overman. For him, this promise of something better is what can take the place of belief in God. The image of the tied rope is thus an appropriate one for the first speech. For him, human beings are torn between the beasts from which they have evolved and the overman they can become. The tied rope walker, as he is walking across the rope, is teased by the voice of the yesta behind him. The yesta or jesta, whatever, represents the voice of tradition. Nietzsche is telling the reader that attempting a feat, such as trying to become an overman, is a dangerous task, one that the voice of tradition will attempt to thwart. The yesta eventually disrupts the tight rope walker's trek, causing him to fall to his death. As he talks with the dying performer, the reader can see how foreign Zarathustra's message is to the society he has encountered. He has encountered. While the tightrope walker attempts to talk of his eternal destiny, albeit a destiny in a hell, Zarathustra simply tells the man that there is no hell, rendering the question of his eternal destiny moot. Zarathustra's conversion of the man to atheism secures a peaceful death for him. For Zarathustra, the man's life is meaningful because he dies in the face of the danger he lived in. He wanders through the forest, finds some food from, other, from another old hermit, and realizes that all his attempts to convey truth to people have been for naught. Everyone he meets, heckles him, and the yester who killed the tightrope walker tells him that he needs to live, leave the town or he will be killed. After sleep, Zarathustra realizes that he must try a new strategy. Instead of speaking directly to the crowds, he needs to speak to a group of disciples. And with that being said, this has been the first part of the summary. So far so good, so far so interesting. Um, I think it is definitely worth going through the book and reading the, the full book, therefore, to kind of understand and, and maybe also find more interest and what I'm going through and what I'm reading here. And because I've done so, I think it is quite interesting to see kind of what is being communicated. I'm not the best at deciphering what texts might mean. I've never been a big reading guy. I've never been, um, you know, I've, I would also say that I might not be the most intelligent person. It's definitely not. And so I do have a harder time understanding and deciphering, but especially deciphering meanings of texts um and therefore it is it's definitely a good use of time for me and so yeah i definitely invite you to read the book as well and go through it it is worth the time especially because it is a fictional book but can still give you very important and proper parts of philosophy um also i mean nietzsche is definitely an important figure in philosophy and has always been well, always is a bit overdone, but he has been and he still is. And so it's worth going through. So yeah, that being said, I'm going to see you the next time. Stay safe and healthy. Keep your distance. And don't be an asshole. See you soon.